Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Welcome to the Mitch Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross. When I say the Mitch Dialogue Talk Show, we're the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, and gender. We will prove that today as we have a special guest on the line with us as well, Stuart Knight author of Marginalizing White Supremacy. Good morning to both of you. We always let the queen start. So hello, Latrice. Thank you for being with me again this morning, helping co-host this morning's vital and important and probably controversial conversation. Go ahead, queen. Thanks for being with us. How are you doing this morning? Good morning and happy Saturday. I am thrilled to be on the show again and looking forward to this conversation. You know I love controversy, so... Ah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. And if you will, just share a little background because <laughs> I think some of your perspectives I want people to understand is coming uh, from kind of an expert level, um, as, if you will. So if you can go into a little bit into your background so people will have the understanding as we dialogue the rest of the day. Go ahead, Queen. Sure. Um, 
since 2012, um, I've been working as a diversity and inclusion consultant. And um, what that means is that I research, I work with organizations to help um, them to become a more diverse and inclusive work, workplace. Um, this includes consulting with other experts, participating in panel discussions, um, writing articles, things of that nature. So um, it's work that I love. It's work that I do whether I'm being paid for it or not. And um, I'm looking forward to this dialogue. Absolutely. As I always used to say quite often, I said, I try to bring on people who are a little smarter than myself, and I throw you in that category, Queen. I also throw our next special guest, Stuart Knight, uh, fortunate enough to have read this amazing book, again, Marginalizing White Supremacy, the author of it. Uh, this morning's discussion question, let that out the bag, and we'll let this king introduce himself as well. This morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? And uh, author of a book named Marginalizing White Supremacy might have an answer to that. So thank you, King, for being on with us again. Special guest, Stuart okay, Knight. Say hello to the truth seekers out there listening. And if you will, uh, give us a little bit of your background as well, in addition to being the author of this book. Go ahead, King. Uh, yeah, as introduced, my name is uh, Stuart Knight. I am a heavy equipment operator by trade and, uh, and uh, author by ability. Uh, I published uh, Marginalizing White Supremacy in uh, 2013, and uh, I am also the author of uh, three other books, too, also. I uh, nah, began studying... Nah, I love it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, please finish your background. I'm sorry. I thought you, I'm sorry, I thought you were finished. No, please finish everything. Yeah, I, I was about finished, but I didn't know if it, you know, it was like a certain time limit or not. But, um, yeah, I started... Oh, no, no. We got two hours. That's our time limit, brother. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, I started uh, studying, we, you know... I, I started studying uh, African history back in the early 90s, you know, asking myself a question, you know, why are black people in the position that we are in society? And, you know, fortunately it took, you know, some odd 30-odd years, but, you know, I think I found the understanding necessary to uh, define why, you know, white supremacy is the truth, is the truism, and what we need to do as black people. Yeah, definitely interested in getting this discussion. And so just to give you a heads up, uh, the way I want to do this discussion this morning is a little different than maybe what our audience is used to. I want to dig into your book a little bit and, and to a certain extent read excerpts from it, and I think it will create some of our dialogue this morning. So I, we're not, we don't do the typical tell us about your book and why you wrote it type situation. So it's not, you know, it's not going to be an interview. It's really going to be a dialogue in re reference to, again, this morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? And just to even kick us off, there was something um, – early in the book that I thought was a decent backdrop, and we'll be, we're going to go to a break here in a few minutes, but I'll kind of start here. Um, well, matter of fact, let me do I'm sorry, I'm breaking my tradition. I, I opened up with a different intro, so I'm about to break the original tradition of how we start our shows, and I'm going to go back to Latrice on this. So you heard the title. I always want, like to ask the initial thought. So Latrice, when you heard that title, White Supremacy, What Should Blacks Do? If you will, Queen, you recall your first thought when I said, hey, can you help me out this weekend on this discussion question? Can you recall your first initial thought? Um, well, you know, I'm sort of a sarcastic person. And then, so my very first thought was nothing because we didn't start it. But um, when I really began to think about white supremacy and the and how it began and how 
bias begins and prejudice begins, um, I realized that, you know, what can we do was the next thought. And then I, I developed a, a different perspective about things that we should do perhaps. Um, I developed a different perspective as I began to think deeply, deeper about it. So we'll, I'm sure we'll dig into that as we speak. Oh, yeah. We're initially it was, yeah, we're not doing anything because, yeah. No, no, fair enough. So, yeah, we, we just um, get started. Stuart, I know you listen to the show from time to time, but, yeah, just – um, obviously, you've written this book, but when you saw how I worded the title, which, again, that's what you're digging into with this book, and we're going to do that. Um, but just even when you saw how I worded the title, did can you recall your initial thought when you saw that's how I put it out publicly? Um, can you recall what your initial thought was when you saw how I termed it? Well, my, my initial thought when I, you know, uh, put the title on the book was, as an indicator, to, you know, to those that read it, is that, you know, white supremacy cannot be ended, you know, unless all white people, you know, are killed or something like that, and that's not even feasible. So what we have to learn and understand as black people is we have to learn the, the, the tactics and traits we need necessary to marginalize the effects that white supremacy has upon us. So that's, that was my intent behind entitling that. And, you know, just, just to put that image in the mind of, you know, something has to be done to really change our condition as a people. Now, fair enough. So let's go to our initial break, and we're going to get deeper into this discussion. As always, pay attention to some of the cuts in the break. Um, the break is going to be Dr. George Grew giving her definition. I think we got to get some definition of these terms when we're going to throw them around. Um, she's going to kind of get into the definition of, quote, quote unquote racism if you will but I think it obviously applies so I want to get give some context in this next uh, segment if you will we're going to go through a quick break and we come back we'll dig deep into this morning's discussion question white supremacy what should blacks do featuring authors author Stuart Knight author of marginalizing white supremacy we'll be right back all I ask is that you think Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situation, like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. things that I, I do is I try to do, help people get a picture of what I mean by, by racism. So tell me how it is. I'm going to first category is white racism, then we'll deal with black racism. So white racism. Tell me the ways in which white racism adversely impacts the lives of black people. Just what are the ways that white racism can adversely impact the lives of black people as a group? What are some of those ways? I'm sorry? 
power, but how is that defined specifically? Education, okay. I'm sorry. Economically employment. What else? Housing. What else? Policing. Why are we here today? Health care. Okay. Now, we can actually kind of grow that list. Now we're going to move over to black racism. Tell me the ways in which black racism adversely impacts the lives of white people as an entire group. Thank you. The reason why you become silent, there's one that always comes up, and that's fear. White people are afraid of black people. They are afraid of us. And it's a very interesting thing, because black people know it. We know white people are afraid. But you have to start getting into the psychology. What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid? But it's an interesting dynamic. Now, also you see the difference in what racism is, do you not? Racism implies you have not just prejudice, but the power to do something with that prejudice. Now, I don't like you, not only that, but I'm going to control whether you can get, you know, I may say I hate you. I hate white people. I hate them. I hate them. It's not going to change you getting that, you know, loan <laughs> when you go to the bank. You could go, you could hate, I can hate you all the way to the bank. Not going to change. Do you see the difference? That whereas white racism says, not only do I not like you, but I'm going to change the, the impact of where you can live. I'm going to determine with that racism where, where your powers are. You following me? And I'm talking about as a group, not an individual, because people said, I remember when my uncle didn't. I'm not talking about your uncle. I'm talking about the whole group. I'm not talking about an incident. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross, our special guest this morning, Stuart Knight, for this morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? I, in my opinion, have always relied on that perspective by Dr. George Drew in reference to, in a sense, I personally, to a certain extent, consider racism the ideology of race and this concept of white supremacy, in a sense, equal from the standpoint of what we just heard, how it adversely affects a group. And as I said, promoting this morning's topic, and I want to hear y'all thoughts on it, i like to clarify in, again, giving, rate, giving definitions, and this is the context that I think we're coming from, and if y'all differ, please share that with me. But I, as I promoted this show, I did a short video yesterday where I simply said white supremacy itself is false. And that's just the concept of if you were to go look it up in the dictionary, this idea of the white race being inferior, I mean, being superior to others or whatever form of superiority that you want to apply, whether whatever your race may be, there is no such thing as whites being superior to others when you come up with the concept, the, just simply the definition of white supremacy. However, what I said in the promotion was that the doctrine of white supremacy runs deep in the veins of this country. And in my opinion, it creates the things that we just heard a Dr. Joy DeGry speaking to in how racism or white supremacy, in my mind, adversely affects us as a group. So we'll start with you, Stuart, 
as our special guest, any thoughts on the context that, in my mind, is how we should at least start with some context before we even dig deeper into what white supremacy is. We kind of, in a sense, in my mind, have to define it before we can discuss it, if you will. Go ahead, King. Uh, I can understand that secondary definition of white supremacy, as you said, you know, the supposed belief that because one group is superior to another, you know, in a genetic sense, you know, but how I utilize the term white supremacy in many of us, you know, in B1, we, we we focus on white as the first word as a descriptive of the people and the word supremacy as being a person or group in a superior position. You know, so when you look at it that way, you know, as Neely Fuller would say, you know, whites control the nine areas of people activity. That's education, entertainment, economics, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war. You know, their philosophy and their manner of being able to capitalize economically off their principles throughout those nine sectors, you know, are, are, is, is what establishes the idea and the understanding and the truism of what white supremacy actually is. You know, I mean, there's nothing, you know, I mean, most black people in this society, you know, have to, you know, go to somebody white to get the sustenance of living. You know, because simply because we do not, as a collective of people, provide those things for ourselves in just a simple basis, you know, and so in just a simple fact, you know. So when, you know, that that being as it is, you know, that's what the term in the definition of white supremacy means in our functions in our world. Now, fair enough. Any thoughts you'd like to add, Latrice, to what, again, whether it's what Stuart had to say, Dr. Again, I'm just trying to establish a, a base context and so we can get deeper into this actual book, Marginalizing White Supremacy. Any thoughts, please? So, uh, for me, I think I, I view white supremacy as, uh, an, an, it can be defined a couple of ways in my head. The first is that it's an ideology by um, racists who feel that their race is superior to others, primarily, and I guess in this instance, black people, and really I think how a lot, a lot of it came about was um, because of um, racism against African Americans. But it could also be in that they, and this is probably a lesser thought of perspective, how the fact that they wield power um, over resources, um, government, things of that nature. And so essentially it's white dominance, um, but I do consider it to be a false ideology. Uh, fair enough. So let's dig into the book. So here's the thought that you shared in the book, and again, as a special guest, we'll let you lead off with, in a sense, where you were going. But here's a thought that you shared early in the book where you just said, White supremacy is not just a functioning ideology shared by many whites who refuse to understand nor deal with it. It can also manifest itself in the complex of inferiority many of us have and also within the overall perceptions others have of us. So it is an entity that must be dealt with completely if we are to truly set ourselves free. You also said, um, just to kind of put another part of it, you said, for the spiritual and cultural return of my brother, black people within the United States, back to the innovators of civilization, civilization that we once were. So if you will, just kind of peel that back, because, again, you kind of opened the book in the introduction 
saying, in a sense, what I hear, why we must contend with it. Any thoughts, you know, to kind of further delve into that, if you will, Stuart? Uh, what I was saying in that is that um, considering that, you know, most of us due to having enslavement, chattel enslavement, and uh, the transatlantic slave trade and things, we have been socialized into westernized patterns of thinking. So when I say that sometimes black people, you know, we 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 do having been socialized in that Western you know white supremacist context. We we engage in actions and activities, which actually, uh, in a sense, goes along not goes along with but the, you know kind of like mimics you know the ideal that whites have of us. You know, like for instance, you know how you know in, like in today's rap music, you know materialism, sex, and things like that. You know, is what's preeminent throughout all of the music. You know. And, you know, like in, in what some people are calling acceptable is black culture, you know, is like, you know, the sister recently, you know, who did the twerking thing at the game. Now, you know, everybody has their right to do everything, but sometimes, you know, it's good to have a little bit of self-respect. Now, now when some of us have taken on those ideals that we don't A little really bit. We need to have saying. a lot of self-respect. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, but you... I mean, but, but, you're going to put it out there and say it like we posted. Well, right, I'm messing with you, yeah, Go but, ahead, G. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt right, you, right. but I'm like, nah, right, we're going to have a little more respect than that, brother. But, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody supposed to have their ass out. It just is what it is. Ain't nobody supposed to have their ass out. The thing to understand about that is that you know, those types of expressions, even expressing, you know, the belief that, you know, you one is always supposed to be happy, you know, because we have to face, you know, white supremacy and racism, you know, that's not going to feel too good. So, you know, a lot of people try to, you know, are averse to actually having to face that. So, you know, but, you know, in, in understanding how westernized culture says, you know, you can use your emotions to express yourself, you know, everything is wide open and you can do everything. You know, like I said, you know, those type of behaviors are tenets of white supremacy. Then we have to remove from our, our, our patterns of thought and thinking in order to be able to re, re, regain, you know, our preeminence as a people or the builders of civilization. You know, like I say, you know, I mean, just think of what was the intent behind, the, you know, the brothers and sisters who cultivated, you know, who, who made culture and produced the pyramids and things like that. You know, what, what was the ideals behind the people who did that? You know, what was the standing of living? You know, what, you know, you know what was into, you know, making sure that, you know, the rulership and the intellect was one with the people as a whole and producing you know, uh, ideas and concepts that the people themselves can build, you know, what was behind that. And that's what we need to return to as a people. But it will take us to have a full understanding of the nature of uh, Western psychopathology, if you will, and how white supremacy defects the world. And, you know, if I could jump in right here, uh, what I think yeah, I hear yeah. you saying again is just simply the concept of uh, – the way that we perceive these things, as you just said clearly in the book, to a certain extent, sometimes we end up applying a complex of inferiority to ourselves from a psychological standpoint, and by doing so, we miss out on that the concept that our ancestors originally, in a sense, instilled culturally in the past and right. we're missing I mean, that due to how we're seeing the world. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, That's what good. I hear you saying, and I wanted to kind of jump in and let – well, not me jump in, but yeah. let Latrice kind of jump in on that as well. So this is kind of, again, just a place that I wanted to open 
And that's what I think I understand about what you're saying. Latrice, any thoughts on this as well? So let, let me get clarity on this. Um, mm-hmm. So are, are you saying that um, because of white supremacy and the mindset that perhaps some have developed, we um, have incorporated negative or, or using the Lizzo example, that we do things such as that in public as a result of the mindset that white supremacy has caused some to adapt to? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you think about this, you know, because, uh, you, you know, when, when during the slave trade, you know, when you know, when the Europeans got Africans from. Wait, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm I'm just trying to get. Is that is that am I correct well, I, in okay. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's trying to answer. Yeah, he's trying to answer exactly what yeah. you're asking. Okay. Yeah, he's trying to answer. He's, he's, he's yeah. just leading up to it. That's why I'm following. So so they you know they didn't take slaves from the continent. They took free people. So. In the process of making them into slaves, they had to instill certain precepts and values within them to make to, to see that, that that the ideal of their enslavement would be permanent. That you know the the, the the slave, if you will, would act out their own bondage. And we as a people, you know, we have never been debriefed from those things. From those things, you understand? I mean, you know, white supremacists they control the nature of the system. But you know, it, it, but we ain't got to feed into it, and most of us don't understand how and why we do feed into it. It ain't. I mean, it ain't necessarily shaking the ass and the blonde hair. It can be, you know, a, 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 a person who uh, uh, is overly ambitious, or you know. Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this for the sake of her question. Can you bring that history or context that you're saying? Bring it all the way to the Lizzo example, just to answer that specifically. If you will, like versus giving other examples, can you bring that home to what she asked you, if you will? Because I see, I think I see where you're going, but I, I would, you know, let's answer that question specifically because she's trying to understand something before she gives her thoughts. So she wants to make sure, oh, okay. sure she understands you before she gives her thoughts. Okay. okay, think of it this way. You know, I mean, in, in like during the Jim Crow era, from slavery, you know, whites could not be, in, I mean, blacks could not be anywhere uh, boisterous in the presence of whites. Except, in, except as a means of, you know, they couldn't be standing for themselves in a sense, it's, unless it was in the spheres of, like, entertainment. You know, if the, if, if the black person was big smiles and laughing and shaking their booty and dancing, you know, looking like, the, you know, the, the tribal beast that they think they are, yeah, they're entertained by that. So, you know, you carry that up, you know, 100, 200 years, you know, and you see people, you know, like maybe uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, how he's loud and boisterous on TV and trying to set his examples. Or you see the sister Lizzo out there, you know, I mean, not having, you know, decency. I mean, there's nothing wrong if you're a big woman and everything, but, you know, have a little bit of self-respect. I mean, even if you're a shapely woman, you know, throwing your ass out there in public, you know, not even, that's just not, that's not it. Even a man, you know. You won't, you know, come out with your Okay, so let me let's just jump back in with her thought because she was she was giving you the asking for clarity before she gave her before she gave her thought. So yeah, I want to let her get that clear. Okay. Either way, she just wanted to kind of ask you that question, so now I'm gonna let her get her thought in. Go ahead, Queen. So I actually feel, and I'm just gonna, I actually feel that what you're how you're defining it is actually the result of white supremacy, and what I hear is that this is based on stereotype threat, which is where we, there are people who um, are, so, are more concerned with 
the risk of confirming negative stereotypes about one's race, gender, et cetera, that they go to the other extreme. And so when I think about Lizzo, and while I think there is a time and a place for everything, I have my personal Hold on one second, Latrice. I'm sorry. Um, I'm Stuart, are you moving? Because it's being heard on the, sh- on the show, oh. just so you know. No, I'm just- sorry. Yeah, I was, okay, I was yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, we're hearing it. Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, it's coming on the show. So just keep that. In. I just because I want her. To, I want everybody to be heard. Sorry to cut you off the trees. If you could jump back where okay. you were going, sorry. Um, I think that we all have our own personal values and moral system that guides us. Um, I think that what we are witnessing with this new generation is that they are casting off the concept of stereotype threat, and they are being who they authentically are. And while some of the things that they do may um, not conform values and morals and standards, I don't think that it is playing into, into white supremacy. I actually think that the concept of trying to force others or trying to persuade others to fit into um, what we deem to be normal culture, which by standard is what white people do, um, that we ask them to minimize who they are. If we really think about the concept of twerking and look at African dance, there are some similarities there. So I think that, you know, I, I'm actually going to say that I think that your perspective actually is fed, is, is comprised of, is caused by white supremacy, wanting to fit that ideal of this normal mainstream person that fits into society. I think that what we are seeing is people are casting that off to be who they authentically are. So we all up against the break. All I'm going to say is, I don't know if it's white supremacy or not, but you ain't supposed to have your ass out. <laughs> That's well, your standard, Montoya. That's your standard. Yeah, I just said I don't know if it's related to white supremacy or not. The, the context of this morning's discussion is all I'm saying. Right. So, yeah, I don't mind that it's my standard. I don't care where I'm getting it from. <laughs> no, it's all good. Let me, uh, let's go to this break. When we come out of the break, I want to share a, a, a passage that I think is very poignant in this discussion because we're not just doing, if you will, a conversation about white people, although that's what this the text of this conversation or this question may seem like. There's a, a I'm going to jump all the way to the conclusion of the book and share a thought that this brother wrote that I think is very poignant to go further in this discussion as well. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You, by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Appreciate all of our sponsors, Square Business Entertainment, 
vibe and music for this morning. A special guest, Stuart Knight, along with guest co-host Latrice Ross for this morning's discussion question, White Supremacy, What Should Blacks Do? Stuart, in his books, Marginalizing White Supremacy, I'm going to share this passage, and it will kick off our discussion, and we'll open up the phone lines after we get responses to this. So, again, I'm at the, not the very end of the book, but just the conclusion of one of your chapters. And I'm just going to, again, I'm pretty much going to read it verbatim because, again, I think this is something that has to be understood as we go through this discussion. He said, like I said in the beginning, whites aren't your enemy, so don't take the position that I am engaging in some form of militant cause to portray all whites as the enemy at the gate which needs to be vanquished immediately and at all costs. On the contrary, what truly is the enemy at the gate is black complacency to the current social order, that order being the maintenance and survival of the white supremacist order. That order is maintained by us through the acceptance of Western standards of societal development, cultural dissemination, educational absorption, entertainment characterization, and economic proliferation, which has had a profound effect upon black people in general. To change one's ankles only limits a person's movement, but to shackle someone's mind is to ensure that what little movement there is, it is towards the direction the chain is being pulled. And that chain, more and more, is being pulled towards full acculturalization as a means of acceptance by the majority of the minority. Very poignant, in my opinion. I personally agree with what I think, what I just read. But I'll let you again, as the author, Stuart, break down what you're saying. What I let me say this before you go. And what I think is very key is this concept of Again, in my opinion, what I agree with you is why we need to contend with this, but it's not about this imminent, powerful enemy. As I think you say in this paragraph, it is more about how we receive this doctrine and what we personally can do about it. So that's the charge that I appreciate appreciate about that paragraph, if you will. But you can, again, go ahead and break down. What, what, you know exactly what you meant and in, in that paragraph, but that's how I perceived it. Go ahead, King. Actually, let me get you back live. Hold on one second. Go ahead, King. I got you. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm back live now. Yeah, I Hello? got you. Yeah, just if you will, King, just keep in okay. mind the movement. Movement. We're hearing before, it on the air. Before, so I, before I can move on, before I can move on to that question of you know why I for sure see well, that's not an enemy. Uh, I like to wonder if I can respond to being, you know, um, psycho, uh, psychoanalytically, you know, defined, you know, by by the guest, Mrs. Uh, uh, Ross, in a Western. I was actually, yes. I'm actually going to keep yes. it moving. I yes, wanna, I'm going to keep it moving because yes, I don't want to spend. Yes, it is about white. Yeah, we're going to keep we're going to keep it moving. So if you will, yeah, that it has. Yeah, keep it, on if you will, King, King, can you hear me? Can you hear me, King? Can you hear me? And we need to find solutions to that. Stewart, can you hear me? Yes, I heard you. Stuart, okay, so I'm now, saying let's keep the moving. I don't want to. I don't want to spend as, no more as time. As I was on saying that. about, you know, whites not being an enemy. What I, what I really implied about that is, you know, many of black people take the position that you know whites are the devil, you know, whites are evil and all that. But you know, the one thing that we have to understand is that they are engaging in you know resource dominance, you know, and by doing so, you know, by having that resource dominance, 
they control the lives of other people. So we as a people not don't necessarily have to engage in like a, an arms race in a sense to gain, you know, a resource dominance. But we do need to actually, you know, manifest types of behaviors that can grow us as a collective to where we can control our own resources. And by and we have to first understand, you know, the mental state that we've been put in by the ordeal of dealing with the white supremacist structure so as we can change those behaviors necessary that, to, to propel us forward in gaining those resources culturally, you know, economically, spiritually, you know, getting back to our true self so we can grow as a people in many of the ills that we suffer from. But we have to do the work. We have to put in the effort. You know, we have to deal with the nature of white supremacy, but in order to do that in, in our own behavior and how we feed it, but before we can do that, we have to first understand what it is and how it functions. That's what I meant by that. No, fair enough. Any thoughts about that paragraph as well, Patrice? Um, I actually agree with that paragraph. I think that um, it is important that we begin to use our gifts and talents to become economically empowered and less dependent on the current power structure. But in doing so, we may find that doing things the way that mainstream society has decided that we should always do it may not work to get to the place that we need to get to. And I think that it's important that we not, that those gifts and talents not necessarily be be suppressed simply because they don't fit in with mainstream society. Now, I have a a moral code and, and values and standards that I live my life by, and they're not the same as an unspoken singer. But at the end of the day, she is gaining economic empowerment for herself and her family through her gifts and talents. And whether I agree with them or not, I don't agree with football because men leave the football field um, with diminished mental capacity as a result of um, continuing concussions. And so there are a number of things that may not fit into who we are um, as an individual. But one thing I do agree with is that it is very important for us to begin to use our gifts, talents, and abilities, our brains, all of us, to become more economically empowered so that we are no longer dependent upon the dominant infrastructure for our, um, for for sustaining ourselves, for leaving generational wealth, for all of those things. But I don't want us to get into the habit of, I I personally would not get into the habit of, of focusing on what they have deemed as negative aspects of who we are as a person, as, as a people, to fit into society and to do those things. I think that we can do things just fine by being who we are from a cultural perspective. Well, fair enough. And what I'll do is, you know, in a sense, since you touched on it, I'll, Stuart, I'll let you in a sense, respond to, uh, to some of what she just said in this, you know, in that aspect, because I see where y'all are differing, differing, which is fine. Um, but, you know, in a sense, um, in her answering you and saying, I agree with this paragraph, she's, I think she's clearly saying, hey, here's how I see that individual situation that's not necessarily related to this, to this, this topic per se. And so since, in a sense, since she's touched on it, you definitely I'll let you go ahead and respond and we'll start opening up the phone lines as well. So go ahead, if you will, King, just keep in mind, Stuart, we can hear everything you're doing in the background. I do. It's, it's definitely coming out on air. Just so you know, I don't know what, you, what you're doing. Yeah, I'm trying to make it clear. It's, I'm just. Yeah, I'm just, just, I'm just, just I'm on the air. I was doing. It's, 
move side to side. That's yeah, you're gonna, but, uh, tell me what you're doing. I'm just letting I'm, you know I'm, that whatever I'm, you're doing I'm, I'm is coming out on air, unfortunately. I'm trying to sit still as possible. I uh, appreciate uh, what I what, what I wanted to say to that is, you know, that's kind of like what uh, what Mrs. Ross just said. It kind of shows how she contradicts herself, you know, in stating that you know white supremacy is not this big old thing that affects us, but then saying that you know we need to get as a people, we need to go ahead and try to find a way, you know, that we're going to do to free ourselves and so we can become economic dependent. Well, we're not going to be able to do that until we understand what changed or what changed our condition as people. And that's what I'm speaking of. You know, she state. You know, she's saying it's. Now, let me interrupt you. Let me, I'm gonna interrupt you. I'm gonna interrupt you, and I know she well, can speak uh, well, for herself. Just one second, brother. If please, you were her, bro, please, Stuart, please, you gotta please, let me. Well, not, Stuart, I, Stuart, this is please. You gotta work I with me, brother. I understand. We, we got two hours to do this. We got two hours to do this. So you're gonna Go you're gonna get to say everything you need to say. Yeah. And and again, she can speak for herself. Stuart, you gotta let me, brother. For us to do two hours, but. But if I got psychoanalytically defined, I mean, how come I can't, you know, that's Stuart, you're going to, you're going to, Stuart. I feel you, go ahead, go ahead, don't, you know, don't keep making it like I'm being, you know, antagonist, and and like I'm an antagonist, just go ahead, do you. Hey, brother, I don't, that's not what's happening here, King, I'll just say that to you straight up, that's not what's happening. The reason I was interjecting is, and again, I know she's going to say this, but I'm just kind of doing this to get a response to the, because of that I didn't hear anything about white supremacy is not these things coming from the trees. I think that's very, I just, I'm just telling you, I think that's unfair. We, I mean, I think you've listened to the show before. We welcome this type of dialogue, so I'm not putting you in a category. Um, but I, didn't very clear. I, I didn't get to yeah, finish. I didn't get to finish. You're going to get to finish. <laughs> I'm just inter, I'm interjecting. I did. But I did. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. What's the next question? So, I'm interjecting something because I want you to respond to it in the sense. I'm going to say I'll just let Latrice answer that part. And again, I know you didn't get to finish, but I think he's unfairly categorized what you were saying in reference to white supremacy. So, Latrice, if you could just speak to that part, and brother, you will be allowed to finish. I just think you, what you were, your your response is about to be a response and with, of something that she did not say. So I'm always trying well, to provide that clarity. Sense. I may. So I'm just saying. So for you to make a long response to something she didn't say, we will have to circle all the way back. So that's what I'm attempting to do right now. So Latrice, if I, I think I'm being correct, then some of what he's responding to is not what you said. So if you can provide your own clarity and then brother, you, you will have the floor. Go ahead. Queen. Absolutely. So I did not, I do, I do not believe that white supremacy is not this thing. It is absolutely a thing. It is why I have a career. That's why it's a thing. Um, and it could be a lucrative thing, unfortunately, but white supremacy is very real. My perspective is that we can't allow focusing on conforming to be more like them to control us as we gain, as we work to gain economic empowerment. So right, you got, right, you're, right. you're about to have the floor. You're about to have the floor, brother. And I just want to, I'm just trying to, again, bring nuance here. So she's just simply talking about the Lizzo example specifically, because, you know, we went there before the break. And so, Again, it's not that you have to agree. I'm not telling you she's right. I'm just trying to do the nuance of the conversation. So she's just saying 
that that's how she sees that specific situation. It's not that you have to see it that way. You can definitely provide clarity, but it was unfair to categorize, if you will, you know, just that she was saying white supremacy is not this thing. It's not what she has said at all. She's just saying in her, for her, that one specific example is not an example of it. And I'm letting you respond to that, if you will. Go ahead. It's your floor, King. Go ahead. Therein, li- therein lies the issue that most black people suffer from when it comes to a delusion that they have. They don't want to actually look square in the face of what affected us and made us as a people. If we are ever going to change as a people and do better for ourselves, we're going to have to alter the values, patterns of thought, and moralities that were instilled in us by the white supremacist structure. You know, therefore, things are going to have to turn more from, you know, less, I mean, turn more from emotion to more thought. So we as a collective of people have to become more thinking people. In order to do that, we got to understand how we were changed. That is my point in talking about white supremacy. It's not saying focus on them, but you got to know how they altered your perceptions and how they still to this day try to alter your perceptions using the same structure. If you don't face that, you're not going to change nothing. It's just that simple. We are up against the break. Now you good, King? Like I said, again, I'm not. Again, I'm. I'm okay. I, I love the dialogue. I love the difference. So yeah, I'm not putting either one of you in the category. I'm definitely. Yeah, you are gonna get it, brother. I say if I'm interjecting, I'm just asking that you respect it. I, I know it ain't a fan. You know, people don't like to be interrupted, but I just wanted to get that clarity before there was. A, again, if you hope you understand why I did that, but we're up against the break. We'll be right back. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Our special guest with us is Stuart Knight, author of Marginalizing White Supremacy for this morning's discussion question, White Supremacy, What Should Blacks Do? I want to again share another passage from the book 
I'm actually going to start with you, Latrice, in response to this passage. Again, we're just kind of jumping through this book. I think there's opportunity to dialogue about some perspectives uh, that, in my idea, hoping to understand this concept better and what we can do about it. So in this passage you say, what has to be understood is that whites are able to recognize and understand the characters of themselves in media as a joke. But when those characters are of us, whites believe that they are realistic portrayals. But seeing that many of us do not know of these historical racist false portrayals being exhibited by modern media, many of us internalize them as actual patterns of behavior, or we leave with the perception that the false depictions are somehow the way we are supposed to be. Both serve no one but the interest of white supremacy in suppressing our potential so as to ensure their position of dominance on the world's sphere into infinity. So we have to begin to scrutinize all media which we don't control, and if we are involved in these projects, we have to ensure that we attempt to change all the false cultural narratives. That is the only way we can move towards eliminating the presence of such self-destructive imaging. Any thoughts on that passage, Latrice? We'll start with you. Um, I agree with certain aspects of it. Some of the phrasing, again, speaks to stereotype threats. Um, However, I do believe that some of what he mentioned is unconscious bias. And sometimes it may be conscious. Some people may believe, you know, well, actually what unconscious bias is, you believe that these things are true of a certain segment of or a certain demographic of the population um, simply by virtue of what's been programmed into you. And I do believe that it's important for those who are in those industries to work to dispel the, the myths that exist. Um, one way in which to do that, again, is through economic empowerment and gaining or, or doing what Tyler Perry's done and creating the studio and the ownership to tell our stories the way that they should be told. Now, the flip side of that is when you tell our stories the way that they should be told, we can't make a fairy tale about black culture. Just like white culture is not all roses and rainbows, neither is our culture. So I think that we need to understand that there are both negative and positive attributes to any culture, any religion, any ethnicity, any gender. And you have to acknowledge that. I do recognize that unconscious bias is a huge issue in our country, um, in our world, in our society. But that's because that's what our brain, that's our brain, and it's doing what it's designed to do. Because differences are safe. I'm sorry, differences are are dangerous and similarities are safe. So the brain is programmed to recognize differences. And when you encounter those differences, the brain says danger, danger. And so you develop these feelings and thought processes behind that unconscious bias. So I would say with this paragraph, and I'll turn over to Stuart, what I think I hear, I think obviously you're correct in how you define what you just said, Latrice, but I also think that and I don't think you're disagreeing with this, but I was kind of pointing it out, that he's saying that, okay, yeah, those things are a conscious bias, but ultimately not being in control of our media image is how a lot of these conscious bias are being grown, and some of that is intentional with imaging. Is It's kind of how I read that paragraph. And one challenge to you, and you can respond after Stuart, after Stuart says this, the one challenge is we can – we, if if we are allowed to be our human selves, 
then our media that we control can should be able to run the gamut. So we could do fairy tales and reality, and that's what's lacking when the media is being controlled other than from ourselves, in my opinion. Go ahead, Stuart, if you will. Um, break down the paragraph, if you will, King, and then we'll go to the caller after after you break it down. Yeah, uh, image-making is a very effective tool in not only the maintenance and the dominance of white supremacy, but also casting onto the subjects uh, towards who their ill intent, you know, mostly mostly non-white people, you know, a false perception of themselves. So in doing so, they not only bolster their own uh, attitude about their own position in their world or their supposed predestination, you know, many of the people who take in these images also begin to, you know, caricature them in a sense. You know, they, they begin to try to act out some of the things that they've seen. So that's why it's very important that we actually, you know, bring a holistic perspective, you know, to the black experience, to whether it be screen, media, and everything like that. You know, it's not all about, you know, all the things that we say that's ill. You know, it's about the good things that many of us do and, you know, providing services, you know, and uh, uh, growth benefits, you know, uh, to the community. You know, we have to be able to put those things out in order to, you know, grow ourselves as a collective of people. And I'd like to say, you know, as B1, Black First, I am not, you know, unconsciously biased. I am consciously biased. I very understand what I'm, what's going on, and uh, and I'm definitely going to try to find ways to counter the effects of white supremacy to the benefit of not only black people, but of humanity as a whole. So there's no unconscious to it. Now, Farrell, I'll tell you something that crossed my mind. I'm going to go to the caller next. Well, something that crossed my mind as you were speaking that, and when you talk about the caricatures, the thing that crossed my mind is blackface. If you think about the origins of that, where blackface, in a sense, initially started with the whites painting themselves with black faces and starting that, in a sense, that um, you know, that industry world, the entertainment industry from that standpoint, going around doing those variety shows. And you think about that's how it started, but by... You know, by the end, the most popular blackface ended up being often blacks who would do blackface better than the whites, in a sense, who had started it. So that's that seems to be an example of what you're talking about, that you take on this to the extent that, hey, I can go make money over here. And, and again, so we actually enter into the industry, which was a complete characterization of us. So I think that's a, a prime example of what you're talking about. And to a certain extent, I think we still see that, unfortunately, play out you know, in some ways, even to this day. Um, let's get to the caller and see what they have to say. If you are on the line and want to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646 787 one six nine one. You must press one to let us know you want to speak. Area code six seven eight. Last three three zero six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Good day. This is uh, Tennyson calling from Atlanta, and I agree that the media images are extremely important, but I think there's another important aspect that we're not touching on, and this is. More, I think, more important because we grew up with this. Every most of most black people, and that's religion, and the idea that we are the only race of people 
that don't have a God that look like us, that in itself instills self-esteem issues. And we all as greater, as more superior than us. And you don't have to go far. than I saw a video of these boys that this man was asking these boys who in their lives, who is this person, who in, this, who in, in, in their lives the most important? Mm-hmm. And the boys mm-hmm. pointed to, they showed a picture of, I think it was Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and someone else. And, and a Jesus. white yeah, and Jesus. man, mm-hmm. and Jesus, so to speak. And mm-hmm. appointed to Yeah, I saw the that video. I saw the video. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And that was very sad. And, 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 and a thing to consider is just look what happened in South Carolina a couple of years ago. Recently, I can't even call it a couple of years ago. Recently, where those nine parishioners got murdered by this white boy. And before the body was even cold. We were on Jesus, how we forgave him. The police caught this killer, and what they did, they took him to Burking because he said he was hungry. That is the most outrageous things I've ever heard. And another case that happened a couple of weeks ago with the police officer who claims that she mistakenly went into this man's house and shot him point blank, kill him. They Brother of the kill of the of the victim in court talking about can I give her a hug? These are some of the reasons we have to address the fact that we ought to get away from this religion because it is making us. I, it, it, I don't know. It's making us just have this, 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 this. We are so quick to forgive people than we are to forgive our own self. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying forgiveness is not a tool that we need to use, but it's, it's very saddened to see us forgiving someone when that person or those group of people have not forgiven us for the things that they have done and continue to do. So let me let Stuart and Latrice jump in. You said a lot, King, so thank you for your three cents. Uh, Stuart, any thoughts or Brother Tennyson is brought to the table as far as his concerns about this discussion and say, hey, we, have, we haven't touched on this part. We, any thoughts to what this, what this king has brought to the table, Stuart? Go ahead. In, in understanding, you know, that when, you know, Western society crafted, you know, the uh, Christian religion, if you want to, uh, maybe if he's talking about Christianity, I don't know. But uh, when they crafted the Christian re- religion, it was, do- it was done so to make, their image, the dominant one that all other non-white people in the world had to submit to. So, you know, that's why you see these instances, you know, as far as, you know, the edicts that come out of the Christian religion, you know, where, you know, the, the white people, if you will, you know, or westernized people are actually empowered by the religion. They use their God, as throughout history has shown, they have used their God to dominate and, and impress other people, you know. Whereas, you know, most non-white people, they take it from the submissive aspect. So, you know, the, you know, the religion is a tool of, you know, white dominance. But we as a people have to be in the creators of the concepts that they produced, I mean, that they put in it, you know, that they bastardized, I will, in their religion. You know, us being the creators of concepts have to get back to the original principle understandings so that we can actually live our lives in accordance to what the concept of the Christ actually means. So, that's my opinion. Okay, now, Latrice, you got about a minute before break. Um, if you will, give me your thoughts on what Tennyson brought to the table. 
Patrice, did I lose you? No, I completely agree with Tennyson. Um, I think it's important that this conver- the conversation that Tennyson brought to the table actually deserves its own show. Um, I feel <laughs> that strongly about it because yeah, when I look at how um, we are always forgiving and turning the other cheek, and then the next thing you know, the majority population slaps that other cheek. So I think that it is definitely time that we as a people begin to unlearn um, the Christianity that was shoved down our ancestors' throats and then programmed into many of us. Now, strong thoughts. Um, thank you for um, bringing that three cents to the table, Tennyson. If you will, I'm gonna go. I am at the top of the hour, so I'm gonna go to a break. If you will, come off the one, and if you want to get back in later, you know how to do that. Hit the one again, and we'll get you on. If you're out there on the line and want to give us your three cents, you do need to press one. The number to get in if you're online listening is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. Again, we are at the top of the hour. We're going to get some music from Square Biz Entertainment. Artist Taylor Pace, the new cut, every 30 days. I love this one. If you remember the last one, morning was amazing. Here's another amazing one. Taylor Pace, Humanoid Insanity, definitely a different name. Hope you all enjoyed this cut. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? You just heard morning. I tried to play another one, but I had to end up pushing morning on the board. I messed it up, so I do apologize. We will get that new song on for you next week because, again, every 30 days, our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment, brings us new music, so I pray to 
cut from last month, one of my favorites, Morning by Taylor Pace. This morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? Featuring our special guest, Stuart Knight. My co-host is Patrice Ross. If you're out there on the phone lines wanting to get in, you do need to press 1. If you're online, the number to get in again is 646-787-1691. I had a Facebook post in reference to this morning's discussion, I want to kind of bring to the table again. It's just trying to put all of this in context. Again, we hear this term thrown around throughout or quite often in uh, American context, if you will. Uh, as I said at the very beginning of the show, I think we pretty much agree that, and, and if I'm wrong, y'all please correct me, but I think we'll agree with the idea that I presented prior to the show that, in a sense, white supremacy itself is false. But what we are discussing is this doctoring of how this false premise that originated really at the time of the transatlantic enslavement trade, uh, this concept of race as we know it today, this social construct as we know it today, uh, being introduced for the economic gain of, in a sense, if you will, to a certain extent, the eventually the founders of this country. So to the economic gain for the elite in that sense that there is this concept and doctrine that still ends up being propagated in all of these different areas that our guest, Stuart Knight, mentioned in the very beginning, that these are still issues. What we have not talked about, which I think is different than a lot of these conversations when people have these conversations, what we have not talked about are, in a sense, the individual white supremacist people that are, in a sense, out front, whether it be the KKK or, as I use the imaging for this show, the, the Tiki Torches back in Virginia. What we have not talked about is the concept of those people in existence because, to a certain extent, while they propagate a white supremacist agenda, per se, that's not even what we're talking about because those are individuals that, in a sense, I don't worry about face to face. We, you, and that me and that person may have an issue, but that group, that loud group, is not the issue. The issue, the white supremacy that I think we're discussing. Again, if y'all disagree, please correct me. But what we're talking about is how it plays out, whether it be as we've been talking about in imaging, within others telling our stories, or as Tennyson just brought to the table, the concept of how. Uh, religion was in a sense misused and delivered during that same period of time that we're talking about uh, <clears throat> in a sense painting God white if you will or Jesus white if you will in order to aid to the racism in its beginnings in its, in its beginning existence of creating this dominance this hierarchy so how all of that goes hand in hand that's what we're talking about not the individuals, if you will. With that said, here's a, a Facebook post that I wanted to share briefly in reference to this morning's um, discussion. Hold on one second. I had it pulled up. It comes from a brother by the name of Andrew Barnes, and this is just kind of a, a piece of what he mentioned, and this is where I would like for us to start the, um, this, part, this top of the hour discussion, and we'll start with you, Stuart. Something that we always that we often say on this show is words matter. 
And so Andrew Barnes brought this to the table, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it, Stuart, as well as yours, Latrice. And he just, and he, this is a brother I've, uh, I'm in another group with, and I've seen him say this before, but he he brought it to the table. I think to a certain extent as a challenge to this show, to a to a certain extent. So what he said was, he says, first let me start by suggesting that we should stop using the term white supremacy. Since the term white supremacy is a battle cry for the white supremacist dogs of war. Instead, I would suggest that we use the term white supremacism. It is an ism, an ideology, a cognitive way of thinking, an ideological belief in a racialized social economic structure hierarchy of human existence that affects the essential cognition of the affected white centric mind. Comparatively, it's akin white supremacy or Nazi supremacy instead of just exact instead of just exactly what it is, Nazism or white supremacism. Again, it's an ism, an ideology, a belief system. So he's making it very distinctive between the examples that I will get that I was given, saying, Hey, we haven't spent any time talking about the out loud, out front, KKK, Tiki Torch white supremacists that we, you know, saw in Virginia. And I think he's trying to make a very big distinction in when we're having these discussions that we don't confuse the two. At least that's how I'm reading and understanding what I think Andrew was saying. If you will, Stuart, please peel back how you're hearing what this brother is bringing to the table. Well, what I'm hearing what that brother is saying is in saying that white supremacism, you know, he that, that that's something Marimba Ani said in the book, Iruba, and she's exactly correct. But the, the, the supremacism is, you know, the, the, the actually, you know, the actuation of the white supremacist ideology and function. So in actuality, you know, the words are actually interchangeable, you know, because they in a sense mean the same thing. You know, the dominance of the white culture, whether you use for, uh, supremacy as being that or supremacism as how they actually practice it, being the ism, how they, you know, cognitively function in order to put forth the ideal of white supremacy. So he's very correct. They're interchangeable. We shouldn't stop saying either or. Any thoughts, Latrice, to that distinction that uh, Brother you know, Boris tries to, in a sense, from his perspective, any thoughts on that? Words are powerful, and I do agree with him. I think that we, by identifying it as one of those isms, I mean, we talk about racism, um, I think that it is important, and I love that distinction. So I think it was a great call out by him. Well, fair enough. And it's it's it's, it's kind of kind of what we think about what we heard with Dr. George Degree. And I'm gonna get off of center. I always don't I don't think I know how to say her name correctly, but um, Degree Degree. I'm Degru. sorry if I'm mispronouncing Degree. It's Degree. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, thank Degru. you for that, Stuart. So Dr. Degree, when she was in the beginning, just in a sense defining racism from her perspective, and that's to a certain extent, what I've always thought of is the root word of ism, an ideology, a system. And so uh, what happens quite often during these discussions, I want to hear y'all thoughts about this, but one of the things in my personal opinion in trying to navigate our American experience as African-Americans and doing this show, Mental Dialogue, which is very concerned about how we think, right? So in doing this work, Host, former host of the Daily Show, John Stewart once said, he says, in this country, we've done a good job 
of stating that racism is bad, for example, but we've done a bad job of stating what racism is. And so to me, it absolutely matters or what happens in how racism is displayed via the media, via images, is it's often reduced to individuals like the Tiki Tart marchers. It's reduced to individual acts that are cowardly, that quite often have no power behind them. And so I would venture that a, a, a cool trick of the ideology of the ism right now is to reduce the term white supremacy down to these individual acts. I personally think it goes hand in hand in in getting it reduced to that because that is out front, that is easy to see. And so because it's out front and easy to see, the actual ideology and the ism escapes discussion quite often. Any thoughts from either of you jumping in on that? But I think it's actually intentional. And while we miss the systemic issues that are related to this doctrine, if you will. I'll jump in. I, I agree with you, Montoya. I think, and that's why, you know, we can't always, and I love the way that you don't always go to the, the topic, the trending topic on the news to do a show on, because many times those do simply serve as a distraction and we are unable to focus on the the underlying root cause of things. And that's where we really need to focus. If we can't determine the causation, then we can't focus on a solution because how can you solve something that you don't know the cause of? Um, the tiki torches, that's simply a symptom of the greater issue. And we can't be distracted um, by those types of instances. I mean, they're annoying. They're hurtful in some instances. They are they anger you. Um, but at the end of the day, what that does is it fuels me to continue to do research to determine how we can um, begin to focus on the causation so that we can then focus on real solutions. Yeah, and I would encourage the reading of this book because I think that's why I think you are dynamic, if I will, if I can say that to you, Stuart. You're dynamic in keeping, in, within this book, in my opinion, of keeping us focused on the actual action items of the ism, of the ideology, and you spend no time on the obvious example that is now how, in my opinion, most racist conversations happen around, oh, that was obviously bad, and now we move on waiting for another episode of something that may play out in an obvious manner that everybody disagrees with. Say, oh, that's bad. But as John Stewart said, we ain't defining what's creating that situation. So that's what I would highlight and say that's was one of the strengths of your book, if you will. But any thoughts on the hiding of it, of what it really is, is now, it's almost like the concept of the new racism is saying there is no racism. That That is what I'm, I guess, saying, what I'm saying here now, right? So any thoughts mm -hmm. on that being intentional as well? And we'll get to the caller after you. Well, uh, like like what was said uh, in the last segment, you know, um, words of power, you know, words have the intent on influencing, you know, and those who practice, you know, in a sense, white supremacists, white supremacist nationalism, you know, white dominance or whatever have you, they definitely want those that they would want to exploit 
to be deceived. You know, I mean, you have to really think about race, uh, racism in a sense of, you know, not something's wrong with the other person, but, you know, something's supposed to be right, supposed to be right with me to be able to define this individual as this. Like, you know, I've, I've been saying for years, you know, just think, just think about this. When a, you know, a little black child is born, from the second is born, because of the skin color, it has a stigma. And, and that stigma is to potentially be mistreated in this society, in the world society, simply because of that color. Now that, you know, and, and, and that definitely has an effect. You know, you know, many of the things we see, you know, going on today and throughout the history definitely proves that, you know. And so that, in, you know, that idea in and of itself, you know, is criminal. And something should, you know, we the people have to do something you know, to counter that, you know, to actually understand it and, and, and alleviate some of the ills that come from that. Because that, that nah, is the injustice of what racism is, supposedly. Nah, absolutely, strong thoughts. Yeah, we actually up against the break, King, so I'm going to go to the break. And um, we got three callers trying to get in, so we're going to get them in coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Karate for Children is offered every Sunday at Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church Gymnasium from 2.45 to 4.15 p.m. for ages 5 to 14 years old. Children will learn Japanese karate as well as self-defense prevention skills to handle today's situations like bullying and child abductions. For only $10 a class, children will gain confidence, self-control, and focus all while having fun and getting good physical fitness. There are no bench warmers because everyone participates. Come join our family every Sunday at 471 Mount Vernon Highway, Northeast, Sandy Springs, Georgia, 30328. For more information, call B-Champs at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Welcome back to the Bits of Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host, Latricia Ross, special guest, Stuart Knight, for this morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? Stuart, uh, that is definitely the injustice what you were saying before the break. An example that came to my mind, and you may be familiar with this, was eight years ago they redid, in a sense, the doll test. And young blacks mm. still, unfortunately, the mm. majority was still picking blacks. The numbers were not the exact same as 1955, where the where most of those black kids all picked another dog other than themselves. So you did, but the numbers were still alarming. So it it it, it does speak to what you say from the from the moment they're born. The imaging and the process is already happening, and it saddens me to see mm. that that dog test, unfortunately found black kids still picking dogs other than look like themselves, showing how effective this doctrine has been and still is, although we typically, again, don't speak to the the systemic stuff. We're always talking about individual acts, which are a waste of time, in my opinion. Let's go to the callers. Kevin, out of South Carolina, thanks a lot, King. Look what you got for us. Give us your three cents this morning. So how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Um, Pretty good. Hey, first of all, we I had, we had I had a two day 
debate, argument, drag out about pretty much this issue. <laughs> and like I said, <laughs> as long as you got religion, you will always be enslaved. Like I tell people now, they ask, oh, what church you go to, whatever, I said, I don't practice slave ritual, period. And that's all you need to know, get to the crust of that. And another thing is that we get so caught up on words, spelling. Spelling is just what it is. They put spells on you because we get caught up in the word and we can't get past the word. I'm going to use a, a nearly fuller analogy. They can call themselves white supremacy. People get offended when they say white supremacy. Well, it is. Because until you win, just like a, a, a football team or a basketball team call themselves the champion. You know why they call themselves a champion? Now, you might have a better team, but you couldn't pull yourself together to win the game. And until you win the game, they are the champions. Whether you think you're better than them or not, physically or faster or whatever, until you can pull your resources and your skills together to beat them, they win. Until we learn to pull our resources like you see these other groups pull their resources and skills together to get the bag, to get these stores in our community, to get whatever it is that's passing us by, we're going to study because, see, we've been so intellectualized that we get nothing done. I get in groups and, well, you just got to be so organized and you can't do nothing unless you're so – Y'all don't do nothing but, I mean, not you. I'm talking about the people in the groups. We do nothing but talk and try to show how smart we is and we're the smartest person in the room when no one puts in work to do, to get to, to get it done. Beat these people. We, you can call them uh, separate groups or individuals, however you want to call them. They win. They use the little individuals to win the game. We don't put no individuals out there to win the game. We don't. We try to separate and keep ourselves so separated, we get absolutely nothing done. And until we get rid of that slave, stop practicing those slave rituals of uh, submission and obedience and this unforgiving, uh, 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 well, always forgiving uh, thing that we do with this religion mess, because every time we get into a problem, here comes someone bringing out Jesus. Someone bringing out, oh, you can't judge. Only God can judge. Because you're waiting on somebody from the sky to drop down and seize you. It ain't going to happen, black people. It ain't going to happen. It hasn't worked for you ever. And even even if we go back to our older rituals, it ain't worked for them. Let me do this. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me do this. Let me do this. I love your passion, Kevin. I want to hear both of our co-hosts as well as our guests thoughts on what you had to say. Now, I appreciate the passion. We love it. You know, again, we, we're not a oh, politically yeah. correct show, so however you feel, I'm kind of after you, I'm saying to kind of anybody else listening, well, however you feel, bring it to the table. We welcome the different opinions. So thank you for your passion, Kevin. Stuart, any thoughts about what this king has brought to the table? He said a lot. Any thoughts? I don't, uh, I don't know if, that's the, if that is or isn't the extermination man that be calling into the show nearly full of his own, but at least he sounded a whole lot more civil in this one. The voice sounded the same. The guy be calling in talking about white folks is going to kill all of us on that show because they can. But uh, I agree. I agree with everything the brother said. You know, victims, you know, a compensatory uh, where he he has his point, his opinion, he's entitled to that. He's right. He's exactly right. Latrice, any thoughts on Kevin's passion this morning? Yeah, I mean, I can always find a reason to dissent. So I actually agree with some of what he said. Um, But I do have some some disagreements with some aspects of what he said. Number one, words are important. Um, actions are equally important, but there are times when you have to focus on the mindset. 
And if there is a losing team, by telling them or helping them, to, helping them to understand the mindset needed to win is the mindset of the champion is going to take words coupled with actions to ensure that that happens. So let's not diminish the, the, the impact that the words that we use and the things that we see in front of us impact how we feel about ourselves. That's the whole purpose of this conversation, media portrayals and, and how, that, how it impacts us. Um, talking about intellectuals, everyone plays a part. And maybe I'm a little offended by this because I am an intellectual, but let's face it, everyone has a role in fixing our issues. And sometimes it takes those intellectuals, the people who put the plan together, to actually put the plan together so that the foot soldiers, those who are ready for action, to actually execute that plan. But what we cannot do is go out disorganized without a plan, thinking that we're going to affect positive change for our community. I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to give you one quick thought. We're going to get to the next caller. Um, I'm definitely agreeing with Latrice in a lot that she said, but I'm going to say it from this standpoint. And, I, and again, I know you wasn't attacking me, you know, her or me or anything. Oh. I mean, you made that clear, and I understand that. And, you know, I love you calling the show. I'm Kevin. joking. Uh, but you I'll just say. Offended. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I know you're not. I know you're not. But I'm just kind of, you know, I'm going to give Kevin one quick thought to what we're saying. But also I want to highlight, because it's just an opportunity to highlight the name mental dialogue is really diving into what she just said, mental dialogue. I, always, I kind of share this sometimes for people from time to time. But the concept is if, I can, if we can improve the way that you think, then you will improve and it will improve the collective. And so what I always challenge people who are super action-oriented about, you know, about what our community should be doing or what we're not doing, I often challenge do you want us to move forward with the current mindset? So that's where I'll side with Latrice in that sense. And I don't think you're completely disagreeing with us, Kevin. I don't hear you saying that, but it's just getting into the nuance that, in a sense, as you say with that football team, there are some even mental reps that have to take place before we can beat a beat a team quite often, and you can't just go do disorganized. And, again, I know you're not disagreeing or saying the opposite of what I'm saying, but it's just bringing some nuance to it. Kevin, one quick thought. It's got to be quick because i got other callers. I'll give you a quick response to that. Go ahead. Yes. Matter of fact, let me, I'm glad the Queen said that. I'm going to revise that. And when I'm going <laughs> to revise that word as intellectual, indoctrinated in intellectuals because – we on this on this panel right now are not the ones that I'm talking about and not the ones that are in all these groups that we that blacks have all across the country and world. We have some indoctrinated Negroes that follow white supremacy but gaze it up under a black face. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about those mm-hmm. that are in these civic groups that go nowhere, that do nothing, that always get hanged up. They they jump out there and never finish mm-hmm. anything. Uh, a lot of when I'm in talking about, I'm talking about a lot of the ones that are in these, some of these ones that are in these colleges. Nah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. What are, the ones that are, yeah, I mean, when something's going up, these. they're put out front to appease the group. So that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah the black intelligentsia, as my brother. Uh, Eli Marcus would say uh, when he's been on the show. So I definitely understand what you're talking about. Thank you for the call this morning, King. Let's get to some some other calls. Uh, Thanks a lot, King. Great call. You can get back in as always. Let's get to another caller. Area code 605, last three, one, two, five. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. 
Okay, my name's Joe from Montana. And I'm curious about the definition of white supremacy. Um, but first, before you give me your particular answer, because I think the answer's changed over the years, I like to say that the Cola Kevin, I, under, I understand his analogies. When he's talking about champions, people who call themselves champions can't be champions until they actually win the title. And when he had first said intellectualized, I thought he had meant propagandized. But then when he went on with his particular example, talking about people in a room, and all they're doing is talking but never taking action, then I think he was really using the right word. And I don't think the, um, the female co-host, I don't know if she got offended, but it seemed to me like she got slightly offended by his example. I don't think she should have been. I think um, Kevin was, was using well, the right I'm, word. I'm going to let you finish, and, but I always do this to people. She clearly says she wasn't offended, so let's address it from the well, standpoint okay. that she wasn't. I, I know enough about her to know that she stands by her word. She wasn't offended. So, again, I'm cutting you off intentionally, but I'm just saying address it from no, – I don't no want problem. your point to be about whether – I just don't want your point to be about that she was offended when she told you clearly she wasn't. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, go. Yeah, that was it. Firstly, can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we, yeah, I can hear Am you. I coming yeah, across? Can you hear me okay? Can y'all, can y'all, okay. I can hear him okay. Can y'all hear him as well? I just want to make sure that he is coming through clear. Yes, we can hear him. All right. All right, you're good. Go, yeah, okay. go ahead. Okay, because I was having trouble with my – having trouble before. Okay, I want to know what um, the definition of white supremacy is. Stuart, I'll let you answer that. Uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I will say malfeasance of the Occident to be a simple one, but I wrote down a definition right here uh, a little earlier. Uh, a cultural psychopathology of values, values, morals, rhetoric, and science designed to maintain the preeminence of white or global white nationalism. That's a definition I wrote down earlier, but... You know, and, and to shorten that, the malfeasance of the Occident. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go. So that, that's, his, that's, that's his definition. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. All right. But it's, to me, it's kind of nebulous. Okay, the domination. Okay. But what in practical terms does it mean? What in practical terms does it mean? That the white race uh-huh. maintains control and influence over the entire global population of the world or instill a universalist attitude into the non-white peoples of the world for their own exploit for their own purposes of their image and cultural and economic dominance. That's what it is. That's how it functions. Okay, all right. And you were about to use the word exploitive. Um, were you also going to say to the exploitation of other people who aren't white? Say it again. So he already, I think he already said that, just so you know, go. I, I, I missed that. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he said exploitative but didn't go into it. But to, well, I mean, to economic, own, you, know, to gaining, you know, for the purposes of gaining ex- economic yeah, well, uh, uh, ability, uh, for the purposes of getting All right, but by capital. that definition, which you just used, without, without um, expounding on the term exploitation, there's nothing wrong with white supremacy. Because like there's nothing wrong with black supremacy or Asian supremacy. Well, only, I mean, I mean, if that's what you know, if that's what Western, you know, Western peoples and Western ideology choose to do and choose to believe, that's true. But how it affects me as a non-white person says whether something or not is wrong with it. That's the question. 
You know, that's where yeah. And so and that's where the you know, I mean, if more if, if, you, if, if more if, 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 if more white people was to stand on their beliefs and, and show their beliefs to black people and non-white people in the world what they actually believe, then maybe you know uh, things would definitely change a whole lot faster for us. Are you clear now, or are you still wasting time? No, well, no, I'm not clear. Well, so let's do this real quick, go. Listen up, y'all. Listen up. We are actually up against the break. I'm going to keep go. I'm going to keep you on so we can continue this conversation right after the break, if you will. All right. I'll bring you right back on right after the break, and we can continue the conversation. All right. No problem. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Latrice Ross, as well as special guest Stuart Knight. For this morning's discussion question, white supremacy, what should blacks do? We have a guest on the line, Go, out of Montana. All right, we got you back live. Okay. I mean, and again, just give, right, yeah, yeah. give a little context of what I think I heard you say. I think from tell me if this. I think I'm hearing you say this, and you can kind right, of expound on it. But I think I hear you saying just real quick. Let me ask you this, and then you can expound on it. I think I hear you saying to a certain extent, and right. how a group moves to gain their economic aspirations. Let me I think I hear you saying when you said, "Oh yeah, go ahead, yeah, please clarify." I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. All right. Uh, well, when your co-host gave the definition to me, it was uh, a very benign definition. Anybody in any group can go out and acquire resources, pull together their um, their resources, their brains, um, the communities in order to better themselves. That's not a problem. But white supremacy meant years ago that um, a certain group of people would go out, acquire power, resources, take control of everything that was in the community, to the exclusion and to and for the purpose of keeping other people down. In other words, white people kept black people down because they thought blacks were inferior and would kill them, um, lynch them, do anything that was not benign, certainly atrocious. That was white supremacy years ago. Nowadays, people are thinking that um, if you bump into somebody on the bus accidentally, that's white supremacy. So that's why I wanted to get the definition before I started. So the definition has changed from that, uh, which was very harmful 
to one which is victim victimhood. So um, again, some, if you're going to say, uh huh. No, you, I didn't. Sorry, I want you to finish. I thought you were going finished, to so say, please finish. Then I'm going to let Latrice respond to you. Okay. Well, I don't have any problem against white nationalists. I don't have any problem with brown power. I don't have any problem with Asian power, black power. Just as long as the people do not, in their quest for black power, white power, etc., do not keep other people down, either illegally or immorally, I don't have a problem with it. So if white supremacy means I'm going to go out, do my get what I want, and without hurting you, no problem. Let the black speak. people do the same thing, no problem. Let the that, that to me is the... Let's do it. I got this, brother. Definition. Come on, bro. Don't do that. All right. All right. All right. Latrice, go ahead. I'm please. finished. Okay. So we can, we can go down this path. And again, words are important, but I think that coming into this, the context in which we were thinking about or we were considering white supremacy is um, how whites try to use their their perceived level of superiority to keep, to have dominance over other people of different backgrounds, ethnicities, et cetera. Um, and that is still the, the meaning of, of white supremacy today. I do, we do have some people who um, take it to the extremes, but there will always be extremes. But at the end of the day, what we see happening and what we see unfolding is how they are trying to hold on to that level of dominance. I think that what we see now, how the white supremacy definition has evolved, is that they believe that the white race is, is in danger of becoming extinct. And so now they are doing things, um, you know, they're, they're using the power structure that they have to have a negative impact on other races. So they're using um, controlling the government, controlling corporations, controlling financial institutions, educational institutions, to um, manipulate our society for their continued dominance. And that is where we have to begin to be strategic in how we counteract their actions. So, go, I'll ask you a question. I got another caller that I have to get to as well. Brother Pianchi's on the line waiting. And so, I'm, again, I'm not a big fan of the day and them and that type of thing or using that term. But here's a question I will ask as an example and just see what you think of it go. Uh, the example being, in a sense, one certain groups being able to go into a bank and there's limitations on, in a sense, where they're able to live or there's limitations on qualifying for a loan and those qualifications are other than just simply their credit and the money they bring to the table. If if, if that that is happening... So that's not an individual going out, in a sense, to lynch or harm someone of a different race. But if that is happening on a large-scale basis, would you see that as a, as a sense of still keeping another group down? Would you see that example as a, a way of doing that? Go. Um, yeah, I, would, I don't know about keeping a group down. I would say, let's say if you go to a credit union or to the normal bank, and if um, you have two different applicants, one white, one black, two different families, the white family gets the loan, the black family doesn't get the loan, the credit score is about the same, then um, I'd have to question why the bank refused money for the black, uh, for the black family. And that certainly could be 
because they want to keep black people out of the white community as a whole. So, yeah, that would be an, an example of white supremacy. Right. And so I'm just I using that question. example to say, uh-huh. that, okay, okay, yeah, okay, you can say this and I'll let you ask the question as well. So okay. I'm just simply saying to you, a, a lot of what you're hearing, when I use the term, just, again, this is us having dialogue, that those examples, unfortunately, in my opinion, are rampant from a systemic standpoint. Again, not the individual looking to harm me because I, you know what I mean, and, and it, because I'm black, or yeah, I don't look at some white person bumping into me as you, you know, the example you gave. You know, that's just an individual cordial thing, and even if it is because they don't like me because of my race, I don't even use that as an example of the white supremacy that I'm talking about. I am always referring to widespread systemic things as the example we just rolled out. Latrice, go ahead and get your question out. We'll get, let him answer, and then we'll get to Brother Fionn. My question was just if, if he believed that there was systemic and institutionalized racism in this country. Okay. Mm. Yeah, go, did you hear the question to you? She's just asking, do, do you think there is systemic racism in the country? That's what she asked of you. Go, you still there? Couldn't handle that. Oh, we may have lost him. Go if you can. If you can hear me, come off the one and come back on the one. We'll still give you a chance to answer that question. I'm gonna go ahead to Brother Pianki in case again. If you can't hear me, you will have to come off the one and back on the one to let me know that you want to get back in. I'm gonna go to Brother Pianki. For anyone else out there listening, you do have to press one to let us know that you want to speak. Brother Piaki, out of I don't know if you're out of Saint Louis uh, today. I know you traveled the country, King, but nah. But thanks a lot for calling in, King. What you got for us? Well, this this term of white supremacy, and like the last caller made mention, you have that idea. But let me tell you something, uh, Stuart. You said yeah. you was in heavy hauling. I mean, yes. uh, heavy uh, hauling, heavy right? Heavy equipment operation. Oh, so what was the excavation or hoisting? Uh, excavation. Okay. I was a structure steel erector in the St. Louis area in southern Illinois for almost mm-hmm. 40, four decades. I erected yep. structure steel buildings, bridges, went into power uh, automobile plants, and done that type of, of work. And okay. suffered the little game, and suffered the little games the white coworkers played on. Yeah. No, my best. No, I had, uh, no, I didn't suffer any games. Oh, okay. No, okay. no little games. Uh, I was a major steel erector. There was already industry, and I came in and seen uh, what I needed to do, and I'd done it. Uh, right. 95%, 90%, 95% of my employees were white males dependent on the job. I've done bridges where 80% of the workers was black. So what I'm saying is, is this. And, we, you know, we worked with tower cranes, take tower cranes down, work with guy dirks, stiff leg dirks. And, you know, the whole gamut. And I'm mm-hmm. saying that because you being a heavy in that industry, you should know what I'm talking about. What well, I'm saying yeah, is I, this, that Stuart, people, Stuart, if you would just let him finish, and then you got it. We're going to give it back to you. Just yeah, let him yeah, finish. Yeah, and, you that's know, cool. Yeah. That's cool. I apologize. White supremacy to me is when you look at the faces behind some of these industries, usually the majority is white, but that changes. For instance, the STS, the, the ship-to-shore cranes that's used in ports, 
Those cranes are no longer, haven't been made in the United States for ages. They're made in Asia. The Asian companies, countries like Korea and China and Singapore, which is a country, they have taken the shipbuilding industry away from the Scandinavian countries, which were white. Look at mm-hmm. our, uh, we do, we design and specify for ship container ports in West Africa. Well, if I wanted to get fertilizer, I can't get fertilizer from the United States. Donaldson, the Koch brothers, they don't export fertilizer. You know why? Because they can't compete. Textiles. American companies can no longer compete. You're talking about white. Mm-hmm. If I was building a power generating station in Nigeria, I would have to use General Electric turbines or go to Germany and get Siemens. But the thing is, the uh, the World Trade Agency would pay for that uh, General Electric turbine that I, as a black company, is going to use in the building of uh, a station in Nigeria. They would pay for it because we use an American-made goods. So white supremacy... I understand what people are saying. You talking about Neely Spuller? I know all those folks, but that apply in social life. In businesses, whites lose all the time, and you have blacks that are coming on and taking their piece of a pie in these industries. Nobody's gonna give it to you. You know, in excavation, nobody's gonna mm-hmm. give it to you. You gotta bid on it, and you gotta take it from whoever is your competitor as it is now. Now, here's another point real quick. If people think that white supremacy is what I've heard, and you had one guy, the last two calls was pretty accurate. <clears throat> but that does me good. You know why? Because I ain't got to ever worry about competing against them people. Don't have to worry about competing against them at all. And the less competition that you have when you're in business and going into industries, that makes all better for you and your business. So I just wanted to put that out there. No question. Hey, right, we're gonna pull it back. We actually up against the break, brother Pianchi. So, uh, you know, you not to get back in if you need to, but I'm gonna let Latrice and Stuart peel back a lot of what you said. But thank you for your thoughts. We gotta go to the break. So, um, if y'all will bear with the break, it's a short one, and we'll get into what brother Pianchi brought to the table. And again, go if you're back out there, come off the one and back on the one, definitely want to have you answer Latrice's question if you're still listening. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly, 404-604-9477 or DM. Direct message me on Facebook at Mental Dialogue or IG Mental underscore Dialogue. Definitely need your support. If you're an individual who enjoys passionate, intelligent radio, please 
become a supporter as well at mentaldialogue.com as an individual supporter. If you're outside of Atlanta, if you are in Atlanta, take a full advantage of membership as we do have a live event uh, every third Friday. Speaking of that, next Friday, December 20th at Urban Grind, black-owned coffee shop here in the Midtown area, we do have the end-of-year Mental Dialogue live experience, which features our soapbox dialogues. We bring in intellectuals. They do a five-minute soapbox, and you, the crowd, get to go back and forth. And it's also our fundraiser for Mothers Against Gang Violence. So please come out and support that. Next Saturday's show will be our poetry fund where we will support that same nonprofit. Again, Mothers Against Gang Violence. We will end this show to, this, today with a poem just to prep you for next Saturday's poetry fund. So uh, look for, look, hope you're looking forward to that. We do that once a year, uh, the, the fundraiser for a nonprofit. All right, Brother Fiocchi, you brought yourself to the table. Um, I think through your work kind of going a little back and forth, so I'll let you kind of respond to some of what he brought to the table on his perspective on this morning's topic and maybe how it relates or how you saw what Brother Bianchi had to say. Go ahead, King. Well, I, I, you know, I just want to first apologize and, you know, stating that, you know, that his, uh, he was in the industry, you know, from the coworkers, and I don't know how long he actually probably worked with somebody else, but it's good to hear that he has his own corporation and, and things are going well. But, you know, his inference or his inference that, you know, considering he's in that position means that there is no white supremacy, you know, it's patently false because, you know, what where, where does the raw materials become that, you know, who owns the, who has the ownership of the raw materials uh, that, you know, he would need to erect the fine structures that he does? That's an essence, you know, we have to change, you know. I mean, it could be white corporations in, in Singapore. That doesn't necessarily mean it came from the Singalese people, you know. You know, it could be, you know, it could be products coming from Namibia, Africa, but that doesn't mean it was African people who owned the raw materials that produced these objects. They probably mined them and died for it, you know, for some, you know, white British person to actually gain, you know, the economics from it, which he gets to actually trade in, you know. So, I mean, you know, I, I, it's a good thing you got your business, a good thing for the structure, you know, but. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean that's applicable to the majority of non-white peoples in the world. That doesn't mean that argument is applicable to the majority of other non-white peoples in the world. You know, you may have to have given up a lot to be where you are today. And congratulations. You know, congratulations. Latrice? Um, I would like to say that what he's experienced perhaps is an exception, and it shouldn't be. The fact of the matter is that there are racial disparities in every segment of our society, whether it's education, whether it's the medical industry, whether it's the, the criminal justice system, whether it's entrepreneurship. Um, black people have a more difficult time obtaining loans for businesses, um, home ownership. But if we really want to peel it back all the way back, there were systems and structures put in place where white people off the backs of our ancestors gained all that they have. And during that process, they, and when legislation was being enacted to allow us equal access to opportunity, they were busy putting processes and procedures in place to limit our ability to gain access to these things. And many of those structures are still in place. So, yes, while there are exceptions and people are able to open businesses and thrive even, but I would question, would you, if you were a white person, would your business have grown differently? Because at the end of the day, we can take an idealized view of racism 
and act as if it's all on us, the individual, to make it happen. And it is to a certain degree. But when you look at the playing field in front of us, there are far more obstacles for people of African descent than there are for European Americans. So what I would say, yeah, yeah. So what I would say um, is, it's a term that one of my members brought to me years ago, and I think it's the concept of equal accountability. Equal accountability in reference to what we as individuals can do, and in reference to combating systemic issues in place. I feel that any time that we get into these discussions, what happens is people end up bogging down on one approach versus the other as if it's not necessary to individually shore ourselves up and do the things that we need to do, or or the word is often used as take personal accountability, right? These things are very necessary. So, but people will reduce the conversation to, well, that's all we need to do, or some people get bogged down into to the systemic situation to the point that people term it being victims. Well, equal accountability is a complete understanding that, as you just kind of alluded to, Latrice, while individuals can succeed and navigate, um, is, is a brother by the name of Dr. Sunjata who kind of who broke this down to me, and it's, it's not, I'm not saying this is an original concept, and people have probably heard it before. But I just I've heard him talk about it on his on his podcast. It's the concept of if if in a sense if you keep getting a similar result over and over again, there's probably a system behind that same outcome happening in a sense over and over again. I think everything that we're talking about is a current reality from this standpoint. There's never been a time in American history, for those of us who have been fortunate enough to learn more about our own American history, because I always challenge that in public schools, our kids, and most people know this, you're going to get regurgitated the same people and and don't really learn even our American history as African Americans in this country. But I would say for those who have benefited to explore outside of what the public school will teach you, that there are plenty of heroes that we can put in front of our children that have always existed no matter what the times were in this country. Even at the time, if we were to try to say this was the worst point in our country, country if, we were to, if we were to try to even make the assumption of, well, whenever there were the most enslaved Africans, if you will, if we were to say that was the worst time in this country, well, even at that time, you tell me what year it was, I could do some historical research, and I'll be able to put forward those who were not enslaved and were free men, whether they were born free or got free, whatever the case may be, that were thriving and doing their thing. It's kind of how we look at, in a sense, Black Wall Street from the standpoint that we tend to romanticize that experience of that period prior to integration without realizing they were the 1%, the Winston-Salem's of the world, the Rosewoods, those black enclaves that, that happened, even in New York City to a certain extent, that they were the, the the few and far in between. And so we've always had that, as Latrice said, those exceptions exist. And quite often in this dialogue about how we're progressing as a country, quite often people allude to those exceptions, the Barack Obamas, the Oprah Winfrey's, to say, what's the problem? 
but there has never been a point, even at our country's worst, where those exceptions did exist. I say all this to say, bring it back full circle to what I was saying. So if the design has always pushed out those few exceptions for us as a collective, then it becomes a time where you must now challenge the design in order to get a different outcome. So that's where I'm talking about equal accountability. While we should emulate those that are while we should emulate excellence at all costs, we should put that in all of our children, but if the system has churned out those exceptions consistently, and I don't think there's a point in history where we see uh, 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 people romanticize these periods in time in which we saw major movement. The only point time that you can really be fair to a mass impressiveness was during Reconstruction, what was you know happened, and as even Brother Thomas Sowell, for those that know, he alludes to one of the most amazing things that happened in human history was us as African Americans becoming literate in a society in a society in which we were pretty much massively illiterate. How quickly we became literate in this own country is an exceptional phenomenon in this country. I agree with that, brother, on that. But outside of a few small pockets, the design has turned out the same thing. The effort to battle this has to be our individual responsibility in addition to if there are banks still redlining and those things have reduced. But if people don't know this, really, it happened all the way up until the crash of 2008. Most people don't know how the banks have been moving and the payouts they've been making since 2008 for those who have been able to formally bring along those discrimination suits. They've been losing them. But we didn't even know it was happening still in 2008. We knew it was happening in 1967 before the Housing Act, but we know it didn't immediately change in 1968 just because it became a law. I could tell you, you know, I got into the industry myself for a couple of years and literally remember in Seattle just less than a decade ago that the city of Seattle literally put on training for their whole industry because of how bad they were discriminating. This is in the progressive West that the city said, we're going to put up money to address our housing industry discriminating and redlining in the worst way. This was less than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, can I answer? Or you want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, yeah, we got a couple of minutes. Oh, so, Kenneth says, "I thank you for oh, being okay. with well, us." I mean, that's just. So, I just wanted to put. I no, mean, no, no, no. Yeah, you can't answer. I'm just saying. I'm giving you the floor okay, I'm sorry, to, I didn't, I didn't to know. say I'm what sorry. you want to say. Sorry. Close it out I'm and sorry. let people. And no, no, no. You're oh. not. No, you're not. You're good, brother. I was setting up okay. for you to close out and let people know how to get this amazing book because I think it's an amazing book. I think it keeps us focused on the systemic stuff, we're just at the close of the show, King. Sorry about that. I kind of went on a rant in, unintentionally, but it's just yeah, a lot the, the, coming no, to me just the based key, on the show. The, the key but understanding, ahead, in, in my opinion, the key understanding to what you were saying, in my opinion, is the fact that historically, you know, there have always been those exceptions, or actually I say the rule actually would, you know, black people have a self-minded interest, you know, in definitely advancing themselves and the people of success have always been taken, you know, have always been a, a, a uh, uh, done away with, for lack of a better word, you know, by the the emotional 
ideals of a white supremacist, you know, where they, like we said, the 2008 economic crisis, how they exploited, you know, blacks, you know, you know, opining to be part of the American culture and buying a house, how, you know, they worked the system and exploited and it drew capital out of that, you know, took, you know, a lot of the black wealth. So, you know, it's that principle of, you know, how they structure the system to where it's exploitative upon the individual and collective black people and, and to a certain extent to themselves, even though they get the most benefit. That is what we have to try to find a way and craft new perspectives, you know, in dealing with and advancing ourselves as people. But uh, my books are available. Uh, my books, uh, uh, Poetic Visions, A Steep Mr. Four Sister, which are two poetic books, and I have a book on spirituality, which doesn't, make, which doesn't mention race at all. Uh, a spirit the world has forgotten, and of course, uh, marginalizing white supremacy are available at lulu.com, amazon.com, iBooks, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. And, uh, and I thank you very much, Montoya. And um, is it Miss or Mrs. Ross? Uh, yeah, Latrice, yeah, you can call her Latrice. We, we family here, King. <laughs> is it Patrice? Okay, and, and Latrice, I just being good. respectful. Miss Ross, you know. No, nah, oh, absolutely, I understand. Well, yeah, we family king, so we good. Now, nah, thank you so much. Right. But thank you, Latrice. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, thank y'all. I'm going to close out with the poem from Black Ice, um, The World is Yours. Definitely a poignant poem. Hope to leave you with some inspiration. There's also a setup for next week's show, our poetry thrown as we raise money for mothers against violence. We are trying to affect the community with our discussions as well as with our action. We'll see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you <clears throat> The world is ours, but we just haven't claimed it yet. Claimed it yet. Claimed it yet. The responsibility bestowed on me by the Most High, and made a conscious decision to seek the truth in those instances where most lie. Lift my brow high, exemplify perseverance in the times when I would normally throw in the towel. Yeah, I know sometimes this life looks foul, but what if I showed you how to get through it? You see the lighter side of living is hidden just beneath the darkness. What if I told you I knew how to get to it? Who would you think I was or assume me to be? You see, there's no real difference between you and me. I just recognize my destiny is to help you reach yours. And my words are maybe rhetoric unless my speech draws with illness. Society's failing us, but we got to keep on keeping on. Start waking up to some of these opportunities we've been sleeping on. Reaping on the benefits of hard work and patience. Laziness and procrastination has plagued our race since they began programming us. Jamming us with our own creativity. One of the reasons why we hate living, see, but you can't hate life, cause life is love itself, and you can't take that which is of itself and just put it in exile. They want you to flex foul, but you got to show them you greater than that. Time is of the essence, recognize it's later than that. They got us behind. Whether we blind, chasing the bling, or we grind, just trying to bring home a small check so we can live to the next one. They're taught to live out their dreams. Meanwhile, you train to expect none, but I won't get all proud and preachy. My voice gets loud and preachy. One of y'all lobby get fed up, get up, be like I felt it before. This time he ain't reached me. I teach me, and I've been learning to hold myself Accountable since the day I was born. My pop said we get everything we deserve in this life, so there's no reason to be scorned. Pop me in the back of my head, said, little man, if you're looking for empathy, don't try. We come up on long, hard times, so I'm short on sympathy, I won't lie. But Jesus got stolen, told the people don't cry, so I don't shy away from no ridicule. I just fit a jewel and keep stepping. 
Kingpin and God's wrath be my weapon. Freedom and a true path when I'm repping. You never catch me stepping to fetch nothing that won't help my people see clearer. That's why before I play, I pray with humility and look myself dead in the mirror and say, Self, who would you be if you recognize the truth of what it was? You didn't use your God-given talent to spit it. Nigga, you just Lamar. You ain't a star. The words are. Don't you ever forget it. Ever forget it. Ever forget it. Ever forget it. Uh, the world is ours, baby. 